Welcome to the HBK High Performance Podcast with Michael B. Ross, a podcast designed to help leaders develop the character, skills, and passion needed to lead fulfilled and impactful lives. Today, we continue with Michael's Zoom interview with Jeremy Hartzell, principal in charge of HBK Pittsburgh. Here's Michael. On that note, Jeremy, I know something you and I talk about is accountability. Now, everyone likes talking about accountability in boardrooms with other leaders, and, and then it comes down to actually doing it. And there's, there's such a fine balance. I think you're really good at this, and that's why I wanted you to speak on this. How do you hold people accountable while still maintaining a great relationship with them? Yeah, that's, a, that's a tough one, Mike, and, uh, and it's one that I, you know, I work on every day and, and try to instill in the leaders who work with me um, the importance of it, and it's a couple of things. One is you have to realize what your role is. You, you know, at every level within the organization, you have a different role, and part of that is I want all of my people to like each other, to work with each other well, to have res- mutual respect and admiration for each other. I want you to always want to have the job of the person above you, frankly, because you look up to them and you say, wow, that's what I want to do someday. Um, but that doesn't, that also means we have to understand we're generally not, you know, friends with people. Our job is to be a work capacity and we've got to be willing to step in and do the tough things sometimes. And if the person respects you because you've built the right relationship with them, they don't want you to come to them and have the hard conversation. And in fact, when you start that conversation, they immediately understand and, they, and oftentimes they'll even stop you and they'll say, I know I messed up that I got to do this better. Let's figure it out together. It's a couple of things. You got to make sure you're always telling them when they're doing the right things and say, mm-hmm. thank you a lot. Um, when somebody goes out of their way, make sure that you recognize that they've went out of their way and that you tell them how much you appreciate that because they don't want to only hear the negative. So if, if all they hear from you is what they've done wrong, they're going to start to discount what you talk about. They're going to start to plug their ears and say, I can't listen. Every time Jeremy talks is negative and I don't want to hear it because I can't be all bad. If I was all bad, I wouldn't still be here. Mm-hmm. So we don't hire people that are all bad. We hire people that need to learn from mistakes because frankly, that's how we all learn and we all still make mistakes and we learn every day from them. So we balance the right amount of praise with constructive criticism. We make sure the constructive criticism is done right. We always do it in private. We don't, you know, we don't publicly criticize somebody. We uh, use varying degrees of it depending on how severe the issue is. And we make sure that we document it when we have to document it. Um, and I will tell you, almost every time I've ever had to document somebody's performance issue, um, when I've sent it to them and asked if they had any comments, they said, nope, I completely get it. And I'm sorry. And we're not going to have this issue again. Um, because they know it's coming and they know why, because we've had the conversation and and the expectations were clear. So you have to set clear expectations for your team too. make sure they know what it is they need to do and when they need to do it and how they need to do it and be consistent, be consistent with your entire team. You can't have favorites. You can't, you know, Johnny can't be your go-to person on everything. And if everybody sees that Johnny gets away with murder, uh, that doesn't work. So you got to, you know, everybody on the team gets treated the same way and everybody knows that their goal is to become a principal, hopefully. And, that's kind of, kind of what you do. And you feel it out as it goes. And for each person, it's somewhat different. So the longer somebody's worked with you, you really start to understand what makes them work. What are their motivators? What are the things that you can do to get them back on track when they're not? Yeah. Um, I can tell from just looking at some of my team members when they're having a bad day, frankly. I don't need to do any more than walk past them in the hall. And I know, wow, so-and-so is not having a good day. And then I'll try to stop by later on just to say, hey, are you okay? What's going on? You know, do you need to have a car? Do you need to talk? If you need something, let me know. Um, but on the same side, if, they, if there's an issue that day, we're still going to have that conversation um, and figure that out together. Yeah, and that's, I think that's the mark of, of a great culture. And one thing you said, Jeremy, that I think everyone needs to keep in mind is expectations. People want to know 
Where are we heading? What is expected of me? How do I contribute? Show me how I contribute. Stanford did a study. They showed that one out of five people have proper critical thinking skills. You know, you'll hear, you'll, you'll hear leaders that scoff at that. Oh, that sucks. That's not, no, that's just the way it is. Don't fight it. Work with it. Clear expectations. think are one of the most important things, but it's hard to sit down and take the time to say, here's what I expect from each team member. Deliver those expectations. Make sure that they reciprocate and they, they understand and they can give you feedback on that. That is, to me, what I've seen a lot in coaching and consulting leadership and cultures throughout the years is always shortchanged when it comes to the team. What's something that you do that's very practical with expectations that a leader might be able to take? So I think what's important is that you set the expectations um, broadly for your entire team, but very specifically for those who report directly to you. And then you in turn empower that group of people to set the expectations for those that work for them. And you do that kind of down the chain. So, you know, I, I set broad-based expectations for the entire office in Pittsburgh at the beginning of every fiscal year and talk about our goals and where we're going and what we're going to do as an office and how we're going to accomplish it. And then I work very specifically with my senior managers and senior directors and my management managers who report up directly to me on very specific goals for each of them. And then I say, okay, you've got your goals, figure out what the people that report to you need to do to make you successful so that you can meet your goals. So that in turn, I can meet the office wide goals that I have to report out to our executive committee. So I can't meet with every single person in the office with a team of, you know, 40 some 40 plus 50 people. I can't meet with every one of them and spend hours on goal setting. I would love nothing more than to do that. If I could spend my entire day doing that, it would be awesome. I would be thrilled. Um, I do take time to meet with all of my team members on a regular basis. You know, I'm a huge fan of breakfast. So my team will tell you I'm a big breakfast meeting person. And um, you could get an email from me at 10 o'clock at night that says, hey, you got time for breakfast tomorrow morning by chance. And it's just a whim that I'm checking to see if you want to get together and do nothing other than catch up. And, you know, I meet with groups of people sometimes, especially right now during this whole quarantine uh, thing. We've got to stay in front of our team somehow. So I've been trying to have breakfast meetings with three or four people at a time to just say, hey, look, there's no agenda to this meeting. I've got nothing, nothing planned. I just want to say hi. I want to see how you're doing. Is there anything you need from me? Um, is there anything you guys want to talk about? And, and, you know, the conversation kind of flows from there. Expectations, set them for your direct reports and then let those people set the expectations for the folks that report to them. Don't try to micromanage the process. That's, that's awesome. Um, I hope everyone's listening to this. This is Jeremy Hartzell. He's a pick at HBK Pittsburgh. He's given us some great information today. I hope if you're, if you're sitting down somewhere, you're able to take notes. Don't do it while you're driving, but maybe re-listen to this and take some notes. And remember, take absolute immediate action. Next question I want to ask you, Jeremy, is on culture itself. I know you're a big culture aficionado, like, and you and I talk about this stuff a lot. Again, um, how important is culture to growth? Because I think sometimes, you know, you'll hear this, especially me as a consultant, a trainer and a coach, you know, you'll hear people, oh, that sounds like fluff. You know, it's all fluffy, touchy feely stuff. They don't want to go there. And I quickly let people know that no culture is hard skills. It's, it's some of the hardest skills you have to master as a leader. How important is it to growth? In, in our business at HBK, where we're a consulting firm, I think it's vital because frankly, our best asset is our people. You know, fixed assets are meaningless to us. We all have computers and iPhones, but if we don't have the right team, it doesn't matter. 
So building a culture that supports our team and makes them want to be at HBK. Like you said, we all wake up in the morning and we'd say, do I want to go to work today? I want my people to jump out of bed and say, yeah, I want to go to work today. And this, you know, why? Because I love what I do every day. I get to do exciting things with people that are like-minded and I do it with a group of people that, that value the same things that I do and that work together to support the overall view and, and our office feel and vibe. And people in our office know when they walk in to tell me that something is bad has happened in their life and they need to go because, you know, something's wrong with their kids. Or their, they know the immediate response is going to be, go do what you need to do and tell me what we need to do to cover for you in the office. Like that's part of our culture is we've built this culture where family will always come first. You, you got to take care of what's at home and we get that. Um, and then we've also built this culture that says, okay, when somebody has to leave, the rest of us are going to step in and, and fill the gap. We've also built an important part of our culture in Pittsburgh is community service and giving back to the community in which we serve. Uh, we have HBK Cares, which works as an initiative to do, you know, pre-coronavirus, a lot of hands-on, um, you know, quarterly hands-on events where we went out into the community and sat down and volunteered, or we would do a day-wide event and the whole office would volunteer with things. Um, right now, a lot of it is fundraising and donating uh, money and supplies to organizations that are serving our community. So that's an important part of our culture in Pittsburgh. Um, having a warm, welcoming atmosphere, <coughs> excuse me, where the team, you know, appreciates what they're walking into, a safe environment where they feel, you know, they can talk about what's going on and that they're worried about something, they can bring it to leadership and, and say, here's what I'm concerned about. How do we fix this? Knowing at the end of the day that we all care about our team um, and we put our team first. Because if I put my team first and my team is getting what they need, they will in turn put my clients first and that will be how we've built success you got to understand where you, what your asset is. And for me, my asset is my people. So making sure our culture works for our team and that they are one united team is what will make us successful. Yeah. And it's amazing when you look at the numbers and productivity and retention, you look at revenue growth, you look at profitability, how much of that ties back to culture and how much of that ties back to making sure that, that people feel safe and they're in an environment where they can thrive without fear that if they try something new, they're going to get slammed, you know? And that's why a lot of people don't take risks is because they're afraid of consequence of failing. People are, people are, are afraid of disappointing the people who they look up to in the organization. If you give them an, if you say, I'm going to be disappointed if you don't try, then it's, it's much different than, hey, I'm going to be disappointed if you fail. So, right. so, so one of the things I've learned is if you can build a culture where the people that work for you would be terrified to walk into your office and tell you they're quitting because they respect you so much and they enjoy working for you so much that they, they, you know, they want to be a part of your team. If you, can, if you can keep that culture alive where they always want to work for you and they would, they would, they would literally have to be at home thinking, God, I, I just can't imagine walking into his office today to say I'm quitting. They're not going to do it. You know, you don't want to walk in and disappoint somebody who you respect. Um, and when you get to the point where you can honestly just walk into somebody's office and say, I'm leaving and uh, you don't care anymore, that's when the problem exists. So we want to create that culture where our team says, wow, I can't imagine walking into Jeremy's office and saying, I'm leaving because not only would I be disappointing him, but I would be disappointing everybody else here that I work with. And, you know, I just can't do that. No, yeah. I mean, circumstances happen. I get it. We're an accounting firm. Not everybody's going to work here for their entire career. We're realistic. We, we understand that, you know, everybody has their own thing and, and we're supportive of that. And, and that's another part of our culture, frankly, is the way we, you know, part ways with people is that we understand you never know when they're going to come back or they're going to be a part of your future or they're going to be um, 
something that you're going to work with again in some way, shape or form and never burn a bridge. Um, we, we work in a small world and people learn it quickly and you will be surprised how many times you're going to call somebody that you've worked with in your past and need a favor or want to talk to them or network with them. And keeping those, um, those relationships alive is key to building a long-term success. Yeah, that, that, that is such a good point. You know, you just, you know, people say I'll never, you know, I'll never, you should never say never because you never know when something comes back around. And if you treat people with respect, dignity, and honor, you never burn a bridge. I, I love that. Jeremy, what would you tell a leader right now? Because I know there's probably a few people listening to this. And then oftentimes I get questions, what do I do to get my team to work better together? And what can, what can I do to change the way the environment is? So if a leader comes and they, let's say they're sitting with us right now and they say, I'm struggling with getting my team to work together. What's a piece of advice you could give them today that could maybe spark some change for them? Yeah, I think, I think it's a couple of things. I think the, the big one is to just sit down and have a conversation with the team. Um, pull the whole team together, actually, and say, look, something's not working right now. And it's our job as a team to figure out what that something is. And frankly, we're not going to leave this room until we resolve it. So we'll order in lunch or dinner or whatever we need to. And we're going to sit here and I've got some thoughts and I'm going to put out, you know, some questions. I'm not going to give you solutions because my job, frankly, as the leader is not to always have all the solutions. My job is to spark the conversation and give you guys the ability to figure out the solutions. So I want you, you, the team, tell, tell me what we can do differently. What are, what are, what are the roadblocks? Um, and then, as that meeting progresses, maybe stop at some point and break into a couple smaller groups and then have you know, sub meetings with the smaller teams and say, okay, here's what I'm hearing from your group. And this is what I think maybe you're saying, am I right? And how do we, how do we resolve that? Get all those, all those thoughts together, then come back together as a group and lay out, okay, here's the vision we all as a team just agreed to. Put it on paper and say, this, this is what I think we need to do. And, and if we're all in agreement and we all now say, yep, this is our vision and we're going to work together to make it happen, then we're going to be good. So it's have the conversation. Don't, yeah. don't be afraid to call the team together and say, this isn't working and we need to figure out why. Yeah. Um, and if you know it's one person, frankly, um, privately call that person first and say, look, you're dragging down the team right now. And these are the three reasons that you're dragging them down. And I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. Are, you ha are you not happy here? Is there something going on at home? What, what, what can I do to help you? And, you know, assume you want to be a part of our team, how can we get this back on track? And by the way, if you don't want to be a part of our team, how can we work to make that happen? Because we'll, we'll fill the team with the right players. And, you know, attitude is 100% of it. You, you got to all be in it. Everybody needs to want to be a part of the team. And when somebody stops wanting to be a part of the team, you got to meet with them and figure out what happened. Um, and sometimes it's frankly just as simple as, I'm having a crappy time at home right now. Yep. You know, uh, my kid's sick, my wife and I are not getting along, um, my dad's, you know, in the hospital, whatever it is, something's going on at home that's, that's now impacting them here. And nine times out of 10, you learn in that conversation, that's what it was, and then you figure out a way to fix it. Um, but know your people, know your people, know your people, know your people. And, and when you do, um, it's amazing what can happen because you'll know when something's wrong um, and they will also get to a point where they're willing to trust you and tell you what it is that's wrong. In my role, I know a lot of things about a lot of different people in our office, in our firm, that are very private to them personally and where I'm one of the few people outside of the family. And in some cases, the only person that's not a part of their family that knows what's going on. And I will tell you, I don't share that information with pretty much anyone. 
um, oftentimes, frankly, to the, to the disconcert of some of my partners who say, well, why aren't you telling me what's going on? You, you don't really need to know. I yeah. know what's going on and I've approved what's happening and I'll tell you enough to let you deal with it. But otherwise, you, you don't need to know all the details. Yeah. You know, they have privacy rights too. And I think when people know that's how we deal with it, they gain a lot of respect for that and they're willing to open up and share a lot more with us. That's, that's fantastic. I do think that that's so important to get the team together, just have candid conversations, you know, in a great culture, you should be able to say what is, and people should be able to be feel safe enough to handle the conversation. It, just like a family, if something's not going right, if someone leaves a mess on the table, you might bring everyone together and go, who made this mess? And you say, well, clean it up. It's your responsibility to clean it up. It's not some formal, you know, we got to set up five meetings in order to get to the bottom of this. No, it's just, let's open up a conversation. Let's figure out what's going on. Let's rectify the problem. Let's move forward. We got a, We got a purpose for being here. Let's make sure we stay in line with that. But things aren't right. Let's take inventory, figure it out, move on. As the leader, you have to be willing to also look at yourself and realize when you've made the mistake and yeah. be willing to say, look, guys, I, you know, I'm not always going to get it right. I, I try my best and I make you know, hundreds, if not thousands of decisions in a week. And am I going to get some of them wrong? Yeah, I'm human. So come and talk to me. And if I get it wrong, I'll be the first to admit, hey, that's on me. Sorry, my bad. And um, let's get it fixed. And we will learn from it. And I won't make the same mistake twice. Uh, so you got to be willing to take the criticism yourself in the leadership role and understand that you're going to get a lot of darts thrown at you. There's going to be some people that are just throwing darts to throw darts and you got to just let those roll off your back and say, you know what? Fine. If if that's what you need to do to be happy and to keep it. Okay, good. But if you throw a poison dart at me, understand that I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get involved in the game and I've got more weapons at my disposal usually than you do in yours. So uh, be be a part of the team. Be, and and as long as you're all in, in it together, it works, but also know when there's a problem and know when you've got somebody in the team that just isn't working and take the, re- take the actions you need to do to correct that and move on. Yep. That's fantastic. You know, it's like that old philosopher. I can't remember his name. I think it's anonymous. Haters going to hate. And sometimes you just got to let them hate and, and you move on, which I think this leads into the last question. What would you tell a young leader? And there's a lot of young aspiring leaders right now who want to be great. We're in this culture of acceleration because of technology and, you know, you can't rush great leadership. You really can't. What's one piece of advice you would give younger leaders who are aspiring to be great leaders one day? What would you tell them? I would tell them to look at everybody that is above you within your organization and others. Find two or three people who you aspire to be like and try to get them to be your mentors and learn all of the good things that each one of them does and all of the bad things that you think each one of them does and take all those good things from all three different leaders and meld them together to turn yourself into the leader that you're going to be and take all the bad things from all three of those leaders and pull those back and say, these are the things I'm not going to do. You know, in my career, I've been fortunate enough to work with some amazing people, um, both before and during my time at HBK. And and that's what I've done is I've looked at people who I really respect and who I thought, wow, I want to be like them someday. And I still do this today. Uh, You know, while I'm a pick here at HBK, it's not my last role that I want to have in life or in the firm or anywhere else. So I'm still looking at people who have other roles and opportunities and saying, this is what I think they're doing right. And this is what I would do different. And I I constantly keep that in the back of my head in some cases. And in some cases on an actual list, 
Hmm. Um, so that when the time comes and when I get the opportunity, and as you said, when the leadership calls and says, Jeremy, you're in. It's no, no different than the coach that, that says, okay, we're going to switch up the pitcher and it's time for the left-handed guy. And, and they tap you on the arm and yeah, go time. Um, you never know when that moment's going to come, frankly, as a leader. You know, if we go back to the beginning, I, I had no idea when I walked into Jeff's office that day that I was going to be asked to lead this office and give, be given this great opportunity that I'd been given. And uh, I'm certain that when the next opportunity comes, the same will be true. Um, so look, look to those that lead now. Learn what they're doing. Read a lot. Look for good leadership books. There's tons of them out there. Find ones that you're interested in. Read avidly. Learn about your profession. And always listen. Listen to everybody at every level and learn from everybody. Take it all in and become your own leader. Create your philosophy and your vision and your style for leadership because you're not going to be able to create the Jeremy Hartzell style of leadership yeah. or whatever else it is. You're going to create the you, know, the you style and that's going to be what takes you to the top. Jeremy Hartzell, everyone. Thank you so much, Jeremy, for joining us. I hope that you all have taken notes. If you're in a place where you can take notes or you're taking mental notes and you're getting ready to implement some of the things that he talked about today. I know Jeremy is a man of action. He is a man of careful thought and he's a man of great empathy for his team. So he is one that you can look up to. Jeremy, if someone's listening to this and they'd like to follow up with you on the information that you shared, what's a way that they can reach out, connect with you? I do recommend that they reach out on LinkedIn, of course, which is a great professional platform. Is there any other way that people can get a hold of you? Yeah, I'm an avid user of LinkedIn. Uh, for those of you that follow me, you know that I, I post some quick thoughts on a regular basis. So if you don't, please follow me on LinkedIn, Jeremy Hartzell, H-A-R-T-Z-E-L-L. Um, also via email, J Hartzell, H-A-R-T-Z-E-L-L at H-B-K-C-P-A.com. And I'm happy to get back to you. Um, you know, always look forward to the opportunity to meet with new people and connect in new ways and help young people that are looking for opportunities to, uh, to grow. Awesome. Well, Jeremy, thank you so much. And for those of you listening, make sure you take absolute immediate action on the ideas that compelled you. And I cannot wait to talk to you next time on the HBK High Performance Podcast. Be sure to take immediate action on the ideas that compelled you from today's podcast. For information about the courses, resources, and services available from HBK High Performance, visit hbkln.com.